welcome back everyone to the Cancel for Maintenance podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we talk about the non-glamorous life of aircraft maintenance. Our goal here is to give some insight to maintenance, uh, give some laughs, impart some wisdom, all of which to give you that moment's relief in your day to prevent mishaps. I'm your host, Six. I'm MVP. And our third man, Shoreline, is silently sitting in the back, once again, checking our audio, making sure our faces stay fit for radio. <laughs> uh, so to... So today's topic involves parts, and we've been going over parts for some time now, but this one kind of hit home pretty close. Uh, and so we're talking specifically with uh, marking, storing, shipping, and packaging. And we've experienced the parts waves so many times. And what I mean by waves is like the cycle of having an un insane amount of parts like they're on call they're on time they're available whenever you need it and then there's the opposite of that where parts are so scarce where you're doing the like the musical chairs from one plane to the next just to sustain flights <laughs> and the the availability of parts regardless if it's good or uh, good times or bad times it's it, the last thing you want when you actually do receive it it's for it to show up fucked up, <laughs> for lack of a better word, one way right. or another. And so, like, uh, just waiting for parts, even when it's good, it it takes time. And we've all heard the stories, like, it's going to be there in, t- in two minutes. It's going to be there in two hours. It's going to be there in two business days, whatever. And then you're waiting for a set time, and it doesn't show up. <laughs> Or you're waiting forever for it to show up. Well, yeah. Or let's say you're waiting for a part. You're in the field and you're waiting for it to show up and it shows up and it's damaged. So all the time you waste, it's still all for naught because now you have to reorder the part. But now you have to go through the whole process of, uh, you know, tagging the part as being inoperable, identifying the damage done, trying to determine how the damage was uh, accomplished. Now, you might not be directly involved in it because... You know, because uh, you're not the one who shipped it. You're not the one who packed it. You're on the receiving end. But they're still going to ask you to take photographs and everything else and write a statement. Well, are you sure you didn't drop it off the back of the truck when you unloaded it? No, I'm pretty sure. We don't even have a you know forklift on site. Right. You know, so, or, okay, what well, did you had to manhandle it? So you dropped it? No, I didn't drop. Like, we received it this way. We opened the top and the component was damaged. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you, you know. Yeah. Uh, so then you got to do the whole trace it back. Who put the request in? Why was the request put in? Who was the person who packed this up? Who shipped it? You know, who who uh, who removed it from the last component it was installed in? If it was installed in another component, just a whole a whole gamut of things and all things that I've been going through uh, over this past week. Uh, early in the week, we had I uh, got notified in our shipping facility that we had uh, a component come in and it was damaged, damaged during shipment. Now this particular component uh, is very pricey and uh, not maybe six to eight months ago, we had uh, the same component, but for, um, uh, you know, same component, but for a different customer, uh, it got damaged in shipment as well. Uh, and it ended up being a total loss, right? We had to send it back to the manufacturer. They did their bench checks and everything, said it was unrepairable, unsalvageable. 
that was a very expensive bill to pay for that that one uh, component, right? We had to pay for that out of pocket, yeah. not the customer. So go through the whole process of determining how it happened, why it happened, and what we're going to do to prevent it uh, from happening again. Mm-hmm. Well, we've so far been successful preventing it from happening again with that particular uh, customer. But we have another customer who uses it, and they just had the same incident. Ooh. But it's, you know, Six and I were talking before the show, but it's a, it's a crazy timeline when you put it all together. And I can't really go into too much detail on here just for legal reasons. But, um, but long story short, right, you know, you say, okay, well, you guys talk about iCars all the time. Well, this one's almost unable to be, uh, you know, root cause corrective action just because everybody, including their the customer, had their hands involved in this. Uh, with this component at one point and and it was uh the, you know the planet's aligned and what happened happened um and it got damaged but not so, as severe as the other one that i just talked about with another customer this one seems very salvageable so so you get these parts back and you have to figure out well why the hell weren't they who, who allowed it to go this way, right? You know, mm-hmm. so what I'm saying is, is that, you know, no matter who touches it, whether it's supply, packaging it, giving it to you, the supplier, sending it to your company or your company sending it to you or you packing up a part in the field and sending it back to the supplier. You got to make sure that uh, these things are, these components are packaged appropriately. I, you know, even if it was, uh, let's say, let's say you had a, you had an actuator fail. Okay. And you swapped it out in the field and you send the actuator back, even though it's broke and has to be completely overhauled, you should still package it to where no additional external exterior damage befalls that component. Um, you have to, you have to make sure it's bubble wrapped appropriately tagged. If it's got a mounting surface, mount it to that surface per per whatever technical guidance you have uh, if there is no technical guidance ask you know if you can hit up the manufacturer i get it we've all been on the ramp at 3 a.m and nobody's awake well we're we're maintainers right i think we're smart enough to figure out how to how to install something uh, a, a component in its shipping container right <laughs> you know there yeah. i'm not saying it, you know you could be first time but i think I think as maintainers, we're all smart enough that we could figure that puzzle out. Yeah, exactly. At least I hope so. And if we can't, well, we've got another conversation to have. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, kicking this down the road, like the reason why we also want to ensure that these things are packaged right, they're shipped right, and they're protected right is because, uh, say, like uh, you receive this part uh, bad, or it was good when you when you when you received it and you installed it and it had a failure. You will want to preserve this kind of like a crime scene in such a way where like we could send this back to whoever the powers be and they can actually figure out a contributing or a root cause to this issue. And if we just like uh, bubble wrap it like a Christmas present, toss it in a cardboard box and let it roll, we just kind of destroyed the the evidence-based like uh, theory of how, how we're going to figure out what caused it. You know what I mean? Like if, it, if it's going to get 
if it's already fucked up from installation or operation and we fuck it up even more from shipping, there's no way in hell we're going to discover what really caused the, the the failure. It's just be like, well, they're just going to chuck it up to like, well, stupid maintenance. They don't know what the hell they're doing, which. Or, or they're going to say, oh, maintenance mishandled our, our product. Even if it's, even if, okay. So to tie into what Six said, even if you took that component, you opened it up, you look at the parts tag, you look at the green tag for it. It's got all the, it, all the information that green tag matches the, the data plate on the component itself. And you say, awesome. Everything's copacetic here. Let's go install it. You go to install it. Like six said, you had a fail, man. This is a brand new part. It failed. Can that happen? Happens all the time, more than you'd care to admit. So what do you do? You pull that component off and you put it back in the box and you send it back and you have a red tag. that says, you know, failed, failed from box, essentially. Um, you know, component failed initial ops check. But if you mishandle that that component uh, in the shipping and back, let's say it gets damaged in the shipping back, and and they're going to go, the manufacturer is going to put it right back on you, because right now your company's looking at, or the customer you know of that aircraft is going to go to that that manufacturer and say, you owe us some some money for time wasted here. Yeah, you, know, you sent us a bad part. You said whatever. Well, if you give that ba- that component back, it 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 should look brand new. If you installed it from the box to the aircraft and it failed the first shops check or the second object, it should still look relatively new when you take it off. It hasn't had any real hours in service. So you put it back in the box, but you don't bubble wrap it. You don't tag it appropriately. You don't seal and it gets damaged and you're going to go manufacture manufacturing. I ain't paying for, I ain't paying for anything. Uh, looks like your guys dropped this thing and kicked it, kicked it down the ramp. You know, they were playing kickball with this fuel control. <laughs> or whatever it was, a, a actuator we were talking about earlier. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and it's gonna, and then, and then that's what's gonna come back, and your company is gonna go, oh really? Send us pictures. Interesting. And they're gonna turn right back to you, the maintainer, and go, hey, uh, you cost us a lot of money today. How? You didn't package that properly, and because of that, um, even if it failed in the object, it looks like we damaged it, so now we have to pay for that. So that's. That's we've talked a lot in recent episodes about kind of looking beyond your own scope of work or looking beyond, you know, okay, you know, I remove, I remove part from box. I install part. I take old part, put it back in box and ship back. Okay. Yes. That's your job. But you got to look at a little bit beyond that, right? We've talked about looking at the dollars and cents of things. Mm -hmm. So just the situation or the scenario I said, if you, send that back, but you didn't package it appropriately. You might be, your company might be out the, out the uh, cost of whatever that component was. And you say, okay, well, that's the company, right? Well, what do you think is going to happen with uh, end of year bonuses, merit increases, whatever they're going to go, Hey man, uh, you cost us a lot of money this year. So we're not giving you anything, you know, or you might be up for a promotion. They go, why am I going to give you more money when you owe me this much over here? And no, they're not going to make you pay that pay that out of your own pocket, but they they're going to stifle your growth. Yes, right. They'll, uh, get, they'll get you one way or the other. Yep. Uh, speaking of that, uh, like you were talking about, like make sure the parts being handled when it's in the packaging. There's an also one where companies or manufacturers will get you for how you store the part too. Uh, example is like say you ordered a part preemptively because you know an inspection's coming up. The part arrives early. 
Like, oh, hey, we got it. But it's not yet time for you to replace it or the one that's currently at work. So you kind of have it off to the side in a part shelf or something like that. Uh, certain parts, they require a certain environment for them to be stored in like uh esd safe for instance or it has to be temperature controlled or humidity controlled things of that nature right all all sorts of stuff i can tell you from some of the stuff that i've done myself i just kind of stuck stick it on the shelf if it's in the box just leave it in the box and put it on the shelf and just let it be don't touch it don't look at it nothing but the place we had it in was had a lot of heavy foot traffic things get shuffled around a lot so the potential for it getting tossed to the side or or damaged like just from handling is one thing but also like the environment it's sitting in like it's a very uh like like there's oil fog <laughs> in the in the shop i don't know how else to put it but like certain shops like it's uh, the atmosphere in there is so thick with uh residue and stuff like it it's almost like an oil fog and yeah what what is like the like when when you have liquids under high pressure it almost vaporizes like i've seen it with hydrofluid yeah i, I can't like explain that's like the air is almost oily like yeah you said. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how else to say that like it's oil yeah. fog <laughs> but, uh, but anyways like some that kind of environment is trash to parts right like some parts just can't hack it like they have to be like in their own uh clean room almost for for how sensitive some of these parts are o-rings especially i don't know what it is with o-rings like they're very uh, environmentally sensitive weird but um they are so you're having this in a corner or you're having this wherever else if it's not controlled in whatever fashion that they say they could or at least to the extent of your ability and you try to install it you find out it fails where you, your initial thought is like oh cheesy ass supplier they gave us uh, crappy parts but what really happened was is like the manner in which you stored it prior to your install and then, so you say, "Hey, supply guy, you gave us the you gave us shitty parts." They start doing their little background investigation and as to the the reason for the parts failure, and then they see, "Oh, look, these uh, humid seals were blown, so they must be doing the they must be storing in a place that's not environmentally controlled." So now it's on you. Um, yeah, well, remember back in the old days of the cell phone when your phone would act up and you'd take it in to get repaired, and they'd pop it open if that little um, moisture tab was red on the inside or they're like oh we're not paying for that yes yes Uh, because you you had this in water that thing would get uh if you grew up in an area where it's humid that thing would trip just from the humidity in your pocket on a hot summer day right you just have it in your pocket you might not even went into the river or a lake or a pool just the humidity alone would have got it like you know like and then six was talking about the humidity sensors Six's homeland's prime example of that. If you store p- components outside in like a, a a Connex box or whatever, that's not really environmentally sealed outside. I guarantee you. I guarantee you that salty, humid air is going to riggedy wreck those parts <laughs> over some time. Right? Oh yes. Oh yes. And and likewise, like with uh, certain areas, uh, the there's like no humidity, so it dries stuff out. Uh, I've seen sealant dry out just for being in a place that's that has very low to n- next to no humidity or vice versa. I've seen ones where like the, since the humidity is lower, the temperature rises uh, at a certain point, it starts to cure itself. <laughs> like, oh yeah. They're like, yeah. what, 
what the hell? Like, how the hell does this happen, right? And you, and you don't think nothing of it because, it, well, it's in a locker. That must mean that that's where it's supposed to go. And you think nothing of it. But then, like, uh, the way things are controlled, the way things are set up, if they're not set up correctly, they start curing. And I'm like, what the hell? And so you go to, like, start using this thing and it's already, like, uh, like just like a like cement almost <laughs> like, yeah b half is one of those like if it sits out you could have okay i have an i have an iconics box yeah but that thing's sitting in direct sunlight in iraq yeah <laughs> in summertime like it's it's warm inside that box yep you know uh, the box is metal it might as well be an oven in there yep <laughs> exactly uh, you know yeah so uh another one okay so here's something uh you know you mentioned the humidity sensors another one is a lot of uh your more expensive components that come in nicer shipping containers than a cardboard box that's foam and uh bubble wrap filled you uh you have shock sensors on them oh yes that's right and so and so i've noticed a lot recently since dealing with a lot of these components i've started visiting you know the warehouse a little bit more and looking around at different components you know different whatever's just stored in there and i'm going Okay, this container has six shock sensors. Three of them are broke. And then you okay, okay, take a note of that. Go over here. Well, this one has one broke. This one has this. Damn, all of our containers. So you go back to the supply and you go, hey, you guys, you guys like, what are you guys like uh, lifting these things up as high as they can go on a forklift and just dumping them off? You know, what, <laughs> what's, what's going on? Now, mind you, these shock sensors are pretty chintzy to say the least. So, a hard sneeze could probably break them, <laughs> but that's what, but that's what the, the container manufacturer puts on. Them. So we look at it and you say, Oh, well we got those, you know, that those came that way. Well, how did they, how do how do I know they came that way? Prove it. Well, you just got to take my word for it. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, see, I don't, I don't do that. So then, then there lies, uh, Oh, actually we have, uh, we have a receiving inspection. We do, we look at the container, Right as re- even before we take it off the truck and we take notes of all these things, you know, mm-hmm. okay, let's go. Are you guys popping the lids and looking at, no, we actually don't pop the lids. We, the components don't get looked at until we issue them to the maintenance group and maintenance pulls them out. Well, maybe we should impose an initial inspection. They said, well, we, we don't have the time to do that. I got you. But, but do we take the time now and pop the lid or the, open the box, inspect the component on this pre-inspection, and know that we're getting a good component sitting on the shelf. Or do we let this component sit there? We sign for it, let it sit there for six months. It gets issued to the floor, and ten minutes after you drop it off, maintenance is calling you to come pick up the part because it, it's busted. And they're going, "What did you do, man?" Like it's still mounted in the container. I just lifted the lid, and it's broke. You know. Yep. So, so it's unfortunate, but it's all CYA stuff. If you don't know what CYA stands for, it means cover your ass. Yes. But it's all these kind of things. You know, I always tell everybody it takes time and whatever else, but take pictures. Uh, when I worked on, on, uh, corporate, you know, corporate aircraft, I would, uh, take lots of pictures of what I worked on. I would take before pictures, especially if I walked up and I noticed, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the air, I'm going to work, and I'm like, oh, this safety wire is backwards, this is backwards, this is loose. So I would take pictures of all that stuff. And then I would, uh, before I started the work, I would I would contact their maintenance control and say, do you want me to work these items? Here's what I found. I haven't touched this yet. I just got here, and this is just my first look. 
and they'll say, yeah, we want you to fix it. And then they'll cut you a new work order with all that stuff added. Or they might say, you know what? Don't touch that. Uh, we're going to turn you off of that. We're going to call that company that we had work on this before. And they're going to come here and they're going to, and they're going to do this maintenance for free. Right. I've seen that happen. I've been turned off. So let's say I'm sitting at uh, Santa Monica airport and I get called down. I found just what I explained, but there was a company out of, uh, out of, uh, LAX or whatever that, that worked on it last. And they might say, uh, no, go ahead. Uh, we're going to turn that work order off. We're going to call these back guys back up. They're going to go there look at what they did wrong and they're going to fix it on their dime. So, uh, I, I've kind of seen, seen that route you know, before as well. But what I'm getting at is, is that the pictures protect you. So you get up there, you find nothing wrong. You do the work, take pictures of everything after, you know, after your safety wire, uh, if you did a leak check and you have it's two man crew, you know, and you're doing pressure checks, take, take pictures of everything, take pictures of the parts, right? Here's what we received. Here's what, uh, we sent. Uh, that way, you know, if somebody says, well, the paperwork doesn't match, well, in this work order file that I submitted to the customer and that they bought off in the paperwork, it was fine at the time that I was there, mm-hmm. you know, yep. um, I think those kind of things, again, it's a lot of overkill. You might be saying, wow, MVP, you sound like the perfect mech. I am not the perfect mech. I'm one of the, probably one of the worst mechs you you've ever met. Um, but this is stuff that I've learned, right? Did mm-hmm. I do that for every job I've, I've been on? No. Why? I'm lazy, you know, I guess is the root cause of that, uh, or pressed for time. And I said, okay, what, what, what can I cut out now? Well, I guess I'm going to cut out picture taking and downloading and uploading to the customer or whatever. So what I'm getting at is it doesn't have to be pristine 4k pictures, but if you can get something solid, snap it with your phone and, and, and text it to the customer. Cause a lot of them, you know, that you can text them directly or email it to them from your phone. Uh, it just helps you and it helps protect you on the back end. So like with the situation I said, I've been dealing with this week, right? We've now had to go back and hunt for the maintainers. That's why I'm telling you this stuff. We had to go back and hunt for the maintainers who removed that. And we had, and, and unfortunately for us, those people are no longer with the company. So who else does it fall on? Well, that site lead is still, you know, the site lead for their location was still around. All right, now you get to answer for this. And he's going, oh, my God, this was over a year ago, you know, and you're <laughs> saying, well, you were there. You got to answer for it. Yep. Uh, so uh, so just just protect yourselves, you know, yes. um, if you have to create yourself for your business here, here, here I go telling you about added value, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not added value that you're wasting time not working on a work order. But it is added value if you create a, a pre-shipping checklist, um, you know, for yourself and for your business and put your company's letterhead on it and attach that with your work orders. So, so if you, if you know, you're on the road and you say, okay, well, I have these parts and I'm going to turn them back in. Well, I'm going to fill out this checklist of part number, serial numbers, and I'm going to attach a photo of it. And that's going to go with my work order. So when I hand that to my boss and they're going through accounting and billing that customer for that work. And the customer comes back and says, Hey, we never got those parts back or you, you sent us this parts, but it was the wrong serial number. You can pull up the work order and say date and time stamped right here. It was. So somewhere in the, your, your own supply chain or in your own warehouse that got messed up. 
And then they go back and like, oh, yeah, that was us. But they're ready to hang you, right? Customers are ready mm-hmm. to hang you, first and foremost. They want their dollar. If they think they can get money out of you or save it, they're going to try without oh, doing yes. any research on their end first. They're yep. just going to point the fingers. So so uh, be smart for yourself and take some pictures and take uh, good uh, notes, at least, or create your own little pre, uh, your, your own shipping checklist. Now, there are certain uh, operators out there that I've worked with that had their own. So where I worked at, um, there was a, that vendor, that man, uh, excuse me, vendor, that company had their own local warehouse about 30 minutes from the airport I worked on. And they had uh, what we called turn-in docks, essentially. Mm-hmm. But it was the components that you, when you would go and, and, pick up the component you needed you would sign like what you you would look at it right you would take before you took it and there we go again doing that pre look okay let me open this box here and look at what i'm taking so why am i going to take why well, i'm going to take this part here drive two hours away to where i got to go fix this aircraft only to learn i got a broken part brand new in the box i could have figured that out two hours ago so instead of wasting that time right that's part of that that non-value added that we had talked about in the prior episode mm-hmm. but if you uh, look at that and you say, okay, you sign for it, right? You and the warehouse person sign for that, that part they sign that they've issued it to you. You're signing that you're taking it and that it's known good. Now it's, now it's your responsibility, right? You sign it. It's your responsibility. Um, and then once you bring the old component back, you would fill in the bottom part of that same form. And it says, issued this one, got back this one known bad tagged appropriately. You sign it, they sign it. Now it's back in the that company's hands or back in that operator's uh, warehouse hands. They, they've taken responsibility for it again. Yep. So if you can do something like that, if, if the, the companies you're working for, the customers you're working for don't have any of that, uh, create that on your own. Um, if, if you need help with it, reach out to Six or myself and we can definitely help guide you with what you should have on there uh, on that sheet. But I think that would be a, a great thing to do is, you know, it it just a little bit extra time but what we've learned right going back for what i've been dealing with this week is that if we would have just despite the crazy timeline that occurred if we would have just taken 10 minutes up front to make sure this com- this component once you know once the con- you know the container got there if we would have got that component properly installed then none of this would have happened right you just got to do your due diligence and if you don't have the, all the correct uh, mounting hardware for that particular component, put a note on it. Put a, leave, leave the lid off. Put a note on it that says uh, awaiting mount hardware. Or if you have to put the lid on due to the uh, you know caustic environment, make sure you, you label the outside of that container uh, await, you know, component installed but, or temp installed uh, awaiting uh, mount hardware or something else, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And, and the marking part is, is 100% just as important as everything else. Cause like, uh, if they don't know what's going on with it, or if they don't even know what it is, then they'll treat it as such. Right. Uh, example, uh, another example close to what MP was talking about was we had a, we had a container that had an engine in it, a full on engine, but the label on the outside of the box had it as like, uh, like rain gear, like rain protection gear, like so we're thinking like, oh, no big deal. Rain protection gear, it's supposed to get wet. It's supposed to be 
tossed around and all this other stuff. But for some other, with some reason, someone decided to open that box. Like, this is not rain gear. This is an engine. And then all sorts of craziness went coming down the roof, right? So uh, making sure that, uh, as MVP said, that there, the part is properly accounted for, that it's pro- that all the provisions were taken to protect it and properly marked for what you could and couldn't do. <laughs> so we don't have like these snowball effects like that could stretch out to a year and some change. And now you're having to answer for stuff that you probably don't even remember. And we've all seen that before. We're like, if an event happened more than 72 hours ago, they can start putting stuff in your head. And then you're like, did I really do that? I don't know. I guess so. Like they're, they're the ones with the evidence, I guess, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that that's, if there's anything that we have learned about it is to is that CYA just like uh, taking that extra ten minutes to go above and beyond, uh, just a little bit over your scope of work or your little bit over what your what your purview has for that extra time or for that extra field of view, it could save you a lot of headaches, a lot. Well, yeah, and, and to tie in a little bit with that again, let's say you're you're in the field working, right? You, your home base is. New York City, and you're on a road trip to, uh, you know, Bangor, Maine, and so you're up in Maine, and it's 2 a.m. and you've been drop ship parts, and you get them, you open that box, and you go, you know, and the courier's already left, so you're sitting there with these parts, and you're going, you you look at the box, and you say, okay, it says, uh, it says, you know, nav nav switch, you know, nav system switch you know, whatever part number X, Y, Z. And you open it up and the part on it and the parts tag, or excuse me, you open it up and the parts tag says, you know, nav switch uh, for, you know, X, Y, Z. But the, you look at this component itself and that parts tag says X, Y, B. Whoops. Is it just a typo? Is it, you know, so that's when you got to start going, okay, I can't use this part because the, the, the part in the tag doesn't match. And I promise you it matters. Mm-hmm. Even right. and then you go look at the the switch, right? And you say, "Well, it looks exactly the same, but these don't match." So, you know, is it just a they change the part number at some point in the manufacturing process? Is this for a different aircraft altogether? What what you know? What do I do? Well, do not install the part. What I want you to do is look in the maintenance manual and see, or the parts manual, and see if it says. You know, if it says alternate part numbers, can use uh, X uh, preferred X Y Z, but X Y B is a suitable sub. Okay, well now you're covered in your write up, right? So you can install that part, and then you write it off and says part number such such removed part uh, part number you know, X Y Z removed X Y B installed per uh, you know maintenance manual blah blah blah, and then per uh, your IPB. Uh, XYB is a suitable sub, you know, deemed suitable sub, blah, 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 whatever. Cover yourself on that paperwork. Now, if it doesn't say that in the IPB or you don't have access to the IBP, I would call that maintenance control and I would say, hey, I have, here's what, here's what we ordered. Here's what we received. The parts tag and the part itself do not match. Now, this goes back into that uh, owner-produced parts uh, episode we kind of talked about mm-hmm. a lot of these uh operators uh these one what was i say 145 operators in part 91 operators they have the ability right they can actually grant you 
they can create kind of create their own parts tag on on site well or wherever they're at so what they would do then is they would create that parts tag they will email that to you and then you're going to print that and put that in your paperwork and in, in the logbook and then in your paperwork you're going to send back for return to service and that you're going to keep archived in the work order for future reference mm-hmm. should need be yes but 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 at that point though right uh if something happens the um the uh operator has taken responsibility and know that they're of the part that they're putting in you just didn't go and install it mm-hmm Yep. And I was actually just thinking of something exactly like that. Like, what if you're, what, if you don't do your due diligence, your 10 minutes of work, you, you start putting stuff in and like, and you start looking through like the IPB or the build, uh, like all the, the list of parts that went into the assembly and you start looking and you didn't realize it until after it's in, like, wait a minute, there's some stuff here that shouldn't be here. Or there's like washers, for instance, that are not the parts that should be on this, on this, uh, assembly or this part. Like, this isn't right. And ex- exactly as MVP said, that's when you have to throw the red flag immediately or call up somebody somewhere like, hey, this p- this part came to me as I was installing it, doing my paperwork. I realized the, the washers or whatever else was wrong. What the fuck? Right. And then that's when they kind of they can do what they need to do to either make it right or waive it or whatever or whatever they have to do. But don't just willy nilly is like okay uh kind of like as mvp said with our owner produced parts they just say okay whatever a parts apart toss it in there and we all if you recall from that previous episode that's what kind of landed everybody in hot water because they did exercise due diligence and or didn't speak up about it and they every instead of saying like well the customer told me to like well customer's wrong <laughs> or you knew that was wrong but you did it anyway so yeah and 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 the old saying, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Yeah. Let, me, let me just tell you that the FA does not care about that. Yeah. That saying does not apply in their world. <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, even if you say like, why well, I, I told somebody like, okay, but what did you do about it? Right. Did you pursue it? What did they tell you? Right. They start asking their 21 questions on top of the 21. So uh, again, like the the CYA thing, we say this because this, if, if there's any one thing that's going to have your ass, it's the, 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 the handling and and receiving of and installing of parts. That's like yeah. probably like one of the top three things that will fuck you in your career. <laughs> so so we've talked, you know, about visual inspections when you get parts and everything else, but let's talk about putting hands on those parts, right? Because obviously you're gonna have to grab it with your hand to go install it. But before you you accept responsibility for that part, you know, give it a good visual inspection. But if you can Let's say a hydro pump, right? If you can spin that drive shaft of that hydro pump, just spin it real quick, just to see if it's uh, relatively smooth. Uh, you don't hear any grinding. If it's real chunky sounding, you're like, I don't know if I should. I don't know if I should do this. You know, um, mm-hmm. look, p- pull off the uh, the caps and fittings, and and look at your electric connectors, right? Make sure there's none bent. Make sure, make sure that uh, all the little tiny let's say you have a servo all the little tiny hardware that that that's on that servo you know the little screws that essentially hold the whole thing together mm-hmm. uh, make sure those aren't loose or missing you know make sure actuation's smooth if you can move the components but make sure they're smooth uh look look for metal shavings right look mm-hmm. if you open up like a fuel control 
you know, pop off a couple of lines and kind of look in there as best you can with your flashlight and just make sure it doesn't look like there's any debris in there. Why do I say this? Because I have received, uh, I received a, a radiator actually for one of the aircraft. We received it uh, overseas and it looked like it had been filled with anti-seize and then tried to be flushed out. Like it was this gray metallic-y shiny looking substance in there. And the <laughs> only way I can describe it to that you would understand would be it was like a really runny anti-seize, like a really watered down anti-seize. And, and these lines were capped and plugged uh, of this, uh, of this radiator, but pop them off and look inside. And you're like, why would I install? I'm not introducing that to the system, you know? Mm-hmm. And we even tried like, okay, well we're overseas, right? So let's just take a hose to it real quick and just see if we can flush it out. And we got a fair amount of, whatever that substance was out, but there was still a residue in there. And we're like, dude, we can't install this. We can't install this in the aircraft. We're going to induce something to the system. We don't know what this is. Is it an anti-corrosive material for storage shipping purposes that prevents, you know, prevent the inside from rusting or corroding? I don't know, but we have no paperwork to say otherwise. And we have no procedure on how to properly flush this. So, Back in the box it goes, throw a, a non-conformance tag on it and uh, put it in the pile to be shipped home. Yep. I've yeah. actually had I've actually had something similar to this where like uh the we received like these avionics components, we popped the caps off and and like a good amount of the pins were either bent or like arced out like they they burned or burnt. And like, how the hell do we get a like, did, did they send us the bad one? <laughs> you know, like how the hell is this all fucked up already? And exa- exactly like that, as MVP was saying, like, so reiterate that, like, besides just doing like a visual once over, like, put your hands on it, like, uh, touch it, feel it, uh, make, if, if the components are supposed to rotate or connect to something, like, check for those, especially. Uh, another example is like with fuel, some fuel controls have like this uh, radial shaft on it. And most of these, like, they're meant to take, like, a thousand plus rpm so like you can't just free spin it with your bare hands so like if it does <laughs> that's probably a good sign that yeah this is probably not a good thing because if you can free spin it with your fingers that means like something in there internally has sheared and if you try to slap this onto a plane it's just going to shear even more or break off it's inside the plane yeah yeah so uh yeah check for backlash of stuff right does it seem overly overly loose like you know gears all have backlash or whatever so if you have a gerotor style pump you know you can you can wiggle that sha- drive shaft a little bit and you'll get a little play but am i getting an eighth inch of play a quarter inch of play or am i able to move this thing one inch or when i rotate something is it smooth smooth and it feels like it skips a beat maybe it's sheared teeth on internal gearing you know servos are notorious for that uh at least in the older ones but um you know, just, just stuff to, to think about and look at as you receive and ship these parts. And then again, if you're the one putting the bad part in the, in the, uh, box, not only should your, uh, own records be thorough, but that parts tag, that nonconformance tag be as detailed as you can. I know they're small and they don't, you can't write a novel, but, but be as descriptive as you can as to why that part was bad. That way, when it gets back home station, at least when the when the the supplier gets it back, they can they they have an idea of where to go and what to fix. Yes, exactly. Don't just put uh, servo bad. 
Why? Oh my God. When, you, when you plugged it in, it just wouldn't actuate or it was erratic actuation or it was uh, you know, intermittent actuation or it was it, or it smelled like burning, you know, like <laughs> just. Yeah, paint me a picture, man. Something. Right. <laughs> Tell me something. Like, give me like the a down and dirty five Ys or some shit, you know? Like, and because that, that was the same thing I had to do whenever I, uh, I had to be part of that, those pet projects to discover why things were going bad. I'm like, uh, exactly as, uh, some stupid scenario like that. Like, parts bad. Got it. That's why it's in my hands. But what about it, right? Like, does it slosh? Does it shear? Does it do what? Does it not, what is it not doing? And when is it not doing it? I don't fucking know. It's bad. Thanks. Unless it's like it's some blatant thing, like it's like broken in half or it's like twisted like a towel. Like, I don't fucking know. Like, help me out here. <laughs> you know, I can't travel into the past and watch it all happen. So <laughs> as much as I would love to. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. So again, like... Uh, if there's anything you guys are going to take away from this, like just do your, do that 10 minutes extra of diligence, understand your scope and what the next two steps are going to be. So at least like you have some kind of way to take yourself out of the equation. So something goes sideways. If, there, if there's right. anything else. Right. And leave notes, right? Like we were talking about earlier. Okay. Well, we put, took this off, put it in the box and we were going to get back to it later. Well, okay. Let's say you're on the road. You're right. Or you're at home or you're at your home station. You're anywhere and you're sitting there, you're working on it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get a call from family member. that says, Hey, emergency at the house, hurry home. So you drop your tools and you're off and running going home. Well, you know, the lead's going, Hey, you know, six MVP had to dip out for the day. So go finish off what he was doing. And six is going to walk over there, not knowing anything of what I was doing and see a part there and go, well, I was supposed to replace this. So let me go and, well, the paperwork's all signed. Let me go and replace it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it just leaves notes. Or if I come over there and if I notice that part's bad right away, I can at least put a, a non-conformance tag on it. Six walks over and goes, oh, this part's tagged already. And MVP signed it. Hey, lead. Uh, we're going to have to order, put put a new one on order. He, he said this one was bad, you know? Yeah. So at least you have that open line of communication because that's, that's really what it comes down to. And that is, and that aspect is communication. Yes. Very much yes, <laughs> and and uh, we've talked about it some episodes ago of having to do double maintenance because the turnover wasn't done. The whatever you did uh, to the point that you left it alone or had to walk away from it that you didn't leave any sort of uh, pass down or something like what you actually did. So and so like well like we gotta remove the uncertainty out of the equation. Do just do the whole thing all over again. So that costs time. That costs money. You might actually like throw away a bad part because you don't know about it. And now you're cost, costing even more from that. So it, it's, it's amazing. Like how things can snowball out of effect when, if you don't just exercise that extra 10 minutes or however much long, just to ensure that, you know, that, that whole chain of custody or chain of events is solid enough. And it just removes you out of the equation. So something go awry. <laughs> yeah. Hey, real quick. I want to touch on, something that you mentioned earlier in the episode and that was in fact touching you were talking about a part you said you said pull it out touch it feel it and all and all i could think of was stop format it whatever that song is remember that song oh touch yeah it, yeah yeah um, stop format it oh know. yeah yeah uh it was like a it was a Busta rhyme song i think it was right i think so yeah yeah and, uh 
and that was uh that popped straight in my head <laughs> so uh that was a good one really <laughs> i mean tell us if we were wrong is it buster Rams? i it's been a, it's been a long minute man like um I'm so out of touch in music nowadays. Charlene, help me out here, man. <laughs> yeah, that's but, right. But yeah, so again, like if we're we're talking anything about anything, is uh, inspect it. Don't not just by your eyes, like like vis- visually, physically inspect the part. Do all your due diligence. Look at all the paperwork. Make sure everything matches. Make sure everything jives, and then document it yourself, either by your own company's forms or your own personally created forms. Whatever, just ensure that every yeah that whole again that whole chain of custody is accounted for and so if something goes off the rails you can at least remove yourself from the equation like well everything bad happened either up to me or after me so my hands are washed of this whole thing (laughs) yep and that's and that's really it so you know again if if you if you guys want to create your own uh shipping or parts checklist or whatever you want to call it uh for your own for yourself personally or for your organization and you need some uh, assistance you know reach out to us we'd be glad to help give you some suggestions uh, as to what to put on there most definitely and again because the that's pretty much like what we do now these days is ensure adherence and compliance especially to your own to your own procedures or the standard that your procedures are being derived from <laughs> anything else uh regarding parts and handling mvp uh no i i don't have anything uh that i can think of off the top of my head i think i, I think i spewed enough out at you guys if i think of anything else maybe we'll throw it in the show notes or something but uh or we'll do a, a follow-up episode just a quick hey we talked about this and i forgot about this this you know one caveat and I'd like to expound upon that but uh as of right now, now no, uh, not at this time. Oh, one thing, uh, I guess I'll apologize to the listeners. So, uh, a few episodes back, uh, six and I did, we, I was on the road and I didn't have my recording equipment and, uh, Kool-Aid, uh, suggested that I apologize to everyone because that episode was, it made, uh, made her angry to listen to because, uh, because I didn't have my good recording stuff. So Sorry, everyone, that there will be a couple episodes where I was on the road uh, that won't sound as crystal clear as Shoreline typically makes us. And that <laughs> is because I was using my phone. <laughs> they have uh, field ready work, you know what I mean? <laughs> we're, we do, we make do with what we can. <laughs> we're not there yet. We have our like a mobile RV studio, but we'll get there. But That's right. <laughs> we're getting there we're getting there <laughs> but let us know hey what like uh what sort of things that we touched on that you that you feel we need to expand on what sort of things that you feel could have been added uh do you want us to some kind of consultation or some kind of assistance with creating some kind of docs to help you be more compliant and 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 uh adequate for adherence let us know uh hit us up in the show notes hit us up in the social medias our email the website or the best part is uh Join us on Discord. We have all sorts of conversations like this. We have all sorts of discussions about things like this and how we can best help each other. We're consistently learning all sorts of new stuff with the patrons we have already. Uh, stuff like even with uh, like with 3D printing. Holy shit, man. And I've never done 3D printing, but just knowing from the, some of the stuff that our patrons have talked about, I'm like, I I feel like I can blow 500 bucks and kind of sort of figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's way more than 500 bucks, but you know what I mean? but definitely let us know and 
Uh, to also check out our comics. We have actually, uh, we're reformatting a little bit of stuff. It's not changing completely. We're just making it more mobile friendly for you to read it. So definitely shoot us up on, on Tapas where it's at or uh, you can, uh, again, join us on our Patreon. You can see it firsthand as we make them. Uh, that note, we thank you all again for listening and we'll catch you all on the next one. Bye everybody. Bye everyone. We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformainness.com and we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at C-X-M-X Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.